It's been a really busy past few days in Miami Hurricanes football recruiting, and I don't see it slowing down for the rest of this week. So who's going to be next? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Recruiting never stops. Busy week, busy time of year for the Miami Hurricanes. So let's bring in Locked On Podcast Network recruiting analyst John Garcia Jr. So, John, there are some crystal balls out there. Uh, oh, yeah. Players who have been predicted by Steve Wiltfong and some others at 24-7 that may be picking the Miami Hurricanes real soon. Uh, I wanted to start with, because uh, anybody who watches this show and listens to this show knows I have an obsession for big-bodied defensive backs. If you can find me DBs that are six foot two plus, I don't even care what their tapes look tape looks like, just sign <laughs> them up. But I think this young man also has really good tape. Isaiah Thomas is a safety out of Clearwater Academy International. I think he's Canadian. He has been crystal balled to Miami. Uh, does he kind of match up with that big hitter size dimensions uh, that his film shows? Yeah, you watch the tape on on Isaiah and you see some James Williams in there. You, you see the physicality, the the monster back position that is sort of reemerging in football uh, as this hybrid safety linebacker. And, and when it comes to him working downhill, you get some James Williams flashes. Now, he's not as tall, not as long, but 6'3", 200 pounds. You got enough length uh, to operate to get off of blockers. It's just the instincts here are, are really off the charts. You know, uh, I think he's he's a little raw from a technical standpoint. You know, the back pedal, you know, playing shoulders over his toes, all of those things. But when he triggers, Alex, when he knows, okay, this is the assignment, let's go get it, there's a different speed and a different physicality that he plays with. And that reminds you a lot uh, of James, who was really always a guy who moved all over the place um, and, and really looked most comfortable in the box, in space, chasing down guys with his great wingspan, coming downhill, rushing the passer even. Um, so I don't think Isaiah has the range as a safety that James does because there's just some alien nature to, to Williams. Um, but I do think the instincts are there. You know, he had a big time pick six early in the season last year for CAI, Isaiah did. So there, I don't want to paint him as just a run supporter, but there's no doubt that that is where he is most comfortable. But as the polish comes along, I think there's a lot to work with here. That frame is, is unmistakable. I think you view him as a, a higher ceiling guy because he is international. As you mentioned, Toronto native, um, Canadian football is blowing up. I think five Canadians are going to get drafted here at the end of the month. So this is something that, that Miami is going to take advantage of. And, and you've got a former uh, Canadian from CAI on the roster and Kiki Mesador as well. So that doesn't hurt. Uh, that program is, is really blowing up in, in the Tampa area. And, and a lot of schools have been in on Thomas in particular. I, I think he's added like 20 offers since the season ended. And he didn't even finish the season, actually tore his ACL midseason. So, you know, he's on the road to recovery, all of those things, but was recently at Miami. And no doubt uh, the Hurricanes uh, have done major work here. Top down, Cristobal on down. Uh, Jamila Dye has done a really nice job here. In particular, he went to Florida State after Miami because, uh, of course, conveniently, these spring games were all 
one day after the next right. in the state of Florida. Uh, so Florida State is probably the primary competition here right now, but he's, he's an international kid. So he's been to Pitt. He's been to Rucker. He's been all over the place. But that recent trip to Miami, I think, really changed things in this recruitment and to the point where something could probably happen soon here between his new in-state schools, Miami and, and Florida State, as that primary contender. This is one I hope Miami can get this one over the finish line because as we've talked about safety, it's a big need in this class. Like I like Caleb Spencer, who Miami got last year, and I think he can end up kind of outperforming his three-star status coming out of high school. But Miami did miss on some safety targets last year, so this would be a huge get. Uh, another player, um, a defensive back, probably going to play corner, who's been projected uh, to Miami. He's got a Steve Wiltfong crystal ball. Local area guy from the Benjamin School in Palm Beach, Ricky Knight the third. Uh, he's listed as an athlete, but he probably projects as a defensive back. John, where do you think Miami stands with Mr. Knight? And uh, tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, I think most schools have shifted to DB for, for Ricky. Just watching him this spring, the length, the ball skills. I mean, just in the modern game, that fits so much more than it ever has uh, in the secondary, particularly at corner. Great length here as well uh so he's a boundary corner in my opinion who's who's up to his own stock another one who has added scholarship offers and, and risen his name on the board of, of many schools uh, that we're in touch with miami of course is one of them maybe chief among them at this point and similar to thomas florida state is kind of the competition here that's the school that well, once again ricky was just at fsu over the weekend as well so this is kind of a theme that we're seeing in the secondary in particular a lot of back and forth between Miami and Florida State both programs recruiting really well uh, right now uh, simultaneously as well so th these are another you know battleground recruits that you got to win you, you got to win in state I mean there's there's no doubt about it um, he's a South Florida guy in the Benjamin school uh, Miami's also recruiting Chauncey Bowens, the running back there, committed to, to the Florida Gators as well. Um, but that's a, a recruit that Miami has really made up a lot of ground with. Now, the difference here is we don't know the timeline as much. I think there's a little bit more time potentially between now and a decision with Knight compared to an Isaiah Thomas. Uh, because when you when you blow up, you can kind of go one of two ways with it, right? You jump in with a school you feel really good about or you say – how much am I going to blow up? How many more offers may I add to this thing? So I think Knight could be a little closer to the latter, although I do think he's going to you know, make a decision before the season begins. So this recruiting run Miami's on uh, really has no signs of slowing down as far as we can tell, and it is going to extend into the summer months, and I expect Ricky Knight to be a, a big part of that at some point for the U right now. I think they've got the edge over Florida State. On the offensive side of the football, another player who's got a crystal ball prediction for Miami, Corey Duff. He goes by KJ. He's Corey Jr., uh, tight end out of St. Anthony's High School in Melville, New York. Um, now he is, uh, he's tall. He's six foot five. He's got the tight end height, but he's got more of the wide receiver girth, John. And I'm sure he can still grow, but he's listed around 207 pounds right now. So I guess he'd be more of a Jaleel Skinner type than a than a Jackson Carver type is kind of the way his body fits. He seems to really like Miami. What can you tell us about KJ Duff? Yeah, I talked to him over the weekend at an event. And yeah, he lit up talking about Miami. He had just visited before that event, got the offer. And, and really, he expected Miami to eventually offer because he was talking to some previous coaches and some holdovers. But he hadn't talked to Kevin Beard yet, um, but he got on campus and Beard sat him down and, and said, hey, let's put the tape on right now and let's go through it. 
So KJ was like, okay, I'm going to get the offer at this point because he's confident <laughs> in his ability. 12 touchdowns, 1,000 yards wow. as a junior in 2022. Uh, so naturally, yeah, Beard goes through the tape and, and gives him the offer, and he just lit up about it. I mean, he basically said he'd been waiting on it. Miami's absolutely immediately a contender, maybe the contender in this recruitment. Uh, and I think the timeline is maybe most critical with Duff compared to some of these other guys that we've talked about because – He's another one on the rise, and it's just how high does it go? Florida State is talking about an offer. Georgia has now reached out to him. So as his options expand, uh, it's going to be quite interesting. But if he wants to make something shake sooner rather than later, I think Miami's got to be the pick for him. Uh, he's frequenting campus. He's playing with Raw 7-on-7, seven seven, as you mentioned, which you know is a Miami-based 7-on club. He's playing with a bunch of potential hurricanes and hurricane targets uh, over the last couple of years. So I think that does resonate with with KJ and, and he's bought into that lifestyle just a little bit. Did the interview with the shades on very much fits that that perception uh, of, of flash with Miami and my goodness, watch him play that flash matches up there too. one handed snags, great body control and ball skills on that six foot five frame and standing next to him. Yeah, I'm looking up during that whole interview. So it's a legitimate six foot five. It's not a internet fluff. When we come back, Miami is in the mix for some of the top defensive linemen in the country. Like if, if they can land like 10% of the guys that they're trending for on the defensive line, it's going to be a really, really good class. Plus, there's a big defensive tackle who just hit the transfer portal from Ole Miss. This just happened a little while ago. So we got to talk about this player and, you know, if Miami should and will and maybe has already gotten in the mix for him now that he's in the transfer portal. So we have a lot coming up here with John Garcia Jr. on Locked On Canes. Guys, I hope you're locked in and locked on to FanDuel. Baseball is back. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They're all back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. That means you've got nothing to lose with that first bet. Miami Heat in action again uh, tomorrow night, or tonight, I should say, uh, for game number two. They're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, so you might want to take a look at that if you think the Heat can keep it close or take a 2 nothing lead in the series. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We're joined by Locked on Network recruiting expert John Garcia Jr. So, John, before we get to 2024 targets on the defensive line, uh, a big-time player just hit the transfer portal, uh, Tywone Malone from Ole Miss. And we were just talking about him off-air. Not only is this guy a six foot four, 300-plus-pound defensive tackle – He's also a star on the baseball team. I, I, I haven't seen too many 300-pound-plus baseball players. It's like a Bartolo Colon. To hopefully, he looks a little bit better in the uniform he, oh, he does. than that. <laughs> what, what can you tell me about the Tywone Malone, who's now in the portal? Yeah, I mean, when he's not mashing home runs for the, for the Rebels, he was rotating on that SEC defensive line. Yeah, this was an extremely coveted recruit coming out of New Jersey a couple cycles ago, and it was a big surprise that the Rebels won out 
A&M, USC, a bunch of schools, coast to coast, Penn State, were all involved for Malone, but he opted for SEC country. So clearly a willingness to move out of the region and travel um, in his recruitment. Uh, so naturally you would expect him to continue to covet an opportunity in both sports. So a program that has a reputation uh, high enough on both ends, I think is going to be, you know, more square in the running for him. And obviously Miami not only has a, a, a great reputation in both sports, but look, there's a huge need on the defensive yeah. interior. There's really no other way to put it. You know, you've already hit the portal. I think Miami will continue to do so in that pursuit. Uh, there's a ton of injuries on the D line as well. So I do think that there is, there is a need there. Um, and, and we've seen transfer portal players, move on to teams that were never really in it in their recruitment. So I don't think that's a detractor in, in the Taiwan Malone pursuit. Uh, and I would imagine a lot of programs are going to inquire here because um, th that frame, that athleticism, obviously hand-eye coordination, body control, all of that is extremely coveted, uh, even just uh, to potentially be in the rotation. So he's one that I would expect to have no shortage of options, but I would also expect Miami to at least uh, make a phone call or two uh, to Oxford, Mississippi here. So let's go back to the class of 2024. Um, a player who was just visiting last week was here for the spring game at Miami, Justin Scott out of Chicago, Illinois. Now that area of the country, you can kind of, uh, kind of assume who Miami's competing with. Um, he has been for most of his recruiting process, Justin Scott, five-star defensive tackle. He's been trending to the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And I've, I've heard some things that maybe his family would like him to stay closer to home if possible, you know, Chicago, not far from South Bend, Indiana, but he Miami does seem to be gaining some momentum there, John. I, I certainly wouldn't call Miami a favorite, but I like the way Miami's been trending. What can you tell me about this process with Justin Scott? Yeah, Justin is a, another one who uh, has has been firm with some schools, but has slowed the process down, which benefits all the non-Notre Dame schools in the pursuit. Because, yeah, there, there was an early inkling that Notre Dame was, was the leader here, and there was talk of him committing to Notre Dame. He almost went public with that, and I think he probably would have shut it down if he did so. But he held off. Uh, the gut was right there because – Georgia, Ohio State, and most recently Miami have really been pushing. The Canes have gotten multiple trips out of him, including basically a whole spring breaks week worth of, of unofficial visits day after day, apexing there with the spring game itself uh, last Friday night. And uh, Justin felt that love, you know, that combination of defensive line coaches, throw Jason Taylor into that mix as well. That's something that's going to resonate with most defensive line recruits. But I also think just spending that much time in Miami compared to a Chicago, I mean, he talked about jet skiing, swimming in the ocean. I mean, just uh -oh. things that are not uh, typical for those, those other three schools on, on the list there, no disrespect. So I just think the the overall angle from Miami is going to present a certain way. And look, let's be honest. If you're an early lean or considered an early lean to Notre Dame, academics are going to be a huge part of it. Let's not undersell that element of Miami, uh, especially relative to Georgia and Ohio State. Again, no disrespect meant uh, academically. I think the Canes are in a position to compete with Notre Dame more compared to Georgia and Ohio State. Now, it's the opposite from a football and development perspective right now. But we all know Miami is, is punching above its weight class from a recruiting perspective. And I think this would be that recruit in this class. Last year was probably Francis Maui Go. I think Oak and Lola was probably a, a 2A there. 
But where where you just said, well, Miami's getting in this race. Okay, you know, we'll see. And then slowly but surely they gain that traction. I think Justin Scott could be that guy for Miami in this class of 2024 because it does look like he's going to slow the process down, take officials in the month of June, and then let some chips fall where they may. And by all indication, Miami is in position to grab one of those official visits. Another five-star defensive tackle that Miami seemed to gain a lot of ground on last month because there was a set of two weekends last month where David Stone from IMG Academy actually made visits, unofficial visits, on back-to-back weekends, the second of which he brought his parents along. He does plan to take an official visit to Miami this summer. Uh, now, from where I sit, uh, the last couple of weeks have been kind of quiet on the David Stone front. Is is that the same sense you're getting that he's probably right now maybe mulling all of his options? He is. Uh, he's he's getting ready to, to trim the list. I think publicly he's got like a top 10 that's out there. I think it's probably going to be sliced maybe in half at this point. And a month ago, I would have said, I don't know if Miami would make that next cut. But now I feel confident that the Hurricanes will, like you said, back to back unofficial visits, family involved, plans for an official visit as well. I mean, think all of that trends in the right direction for the U. And you really can't discount the IMG angle here. You know, if if there was one major goal hit right out of the gate by this Mario Cristobal-laden staff, it was to make true inroads at IMG Academy, doing so on both sides of the line in particular. So all of the people Stone overlapped with, Last year at IMG, there's a ton of Miami influence with that group in particular. Basically, everyone who blocked him is now at at Miami there in practice. So that's going to resonate. Uh, He told me last summer that was the offer he didn't have that he wanted and he wanted to explore it. So there was always a Miami you know, itch that David wanted to scratch. And now he's done so twice. And a third one is around the corner. Oklahoma still probably the favorite, you know, his home state school. He's going back there this weekend for for the spring game. I think they're going to stay in it until the end. And then there's a lot of question marks. You know, Michigan State was viewed as a real contender, but they've they've lost multiple coaches that were recruiting him. So I think that has slowed down uh their pursuit. You know, Ole Miss just offered. Uh the, the Big 10 is all over this kid. Uh so th- this is one that is going to be fascinating from an official visit and then a timeline standpoint. When do you end the process? Because Stone is one who has been recruited for three or four years at this point. So how much ground can Miami make up if something is to be pushed towards a later date? Because right now, you know, Miami's got momentum in this recruitment relative to anyone not named Oklahoma. So you want something sooner rather than later. But it does seem like he's beginning to narrow that focus. So we'll see when he makes that cut if and when Miami makes it and, and kind of go from there when, when the official visit season rolls around. But no doubt Miami helped themselves with David Stone this spring. When we come back, I've got a big picture question for John. Um, I'm just wondering what he's got to say to some of the complainers out there who every time Miami's landed to commit the last few days, you're like, why are we getting excited about a three star? That kid's not a take. What are we doing? It's five star or bust. Like eh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm curious as to. I got a couple questions for John about this whole process. So keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today, and thank you to the everydayers, the ones who are here every single day. Sometimes we do multiple. We did three episodes yesterday, which was probably too much because I'm still exhausted. Uh, and for the everydayers. We're going to talk more recruiting tomorrow morning because I'm hoping we get another commit on board. And in the afternoon tomorrow, we're going to talk with quarterback Max Lawrence. 
out of Westland Hialeah. I'm curious to bring uh, Matt Max is a really nice kid. I've seen him around campus before. I want to get his take on the recruitment process. So we have a lot coming up in the next couple of days for the everydayers. We are here with John Garcia, Jr., Locked On Podcast recruiting analyst. So, John, first thing, you know, Miami, Miami's taken a few three stars the last uh, few days. Um, but these players I like because I think there's more to a player than stars, right? When we're talking about Chris Wheatley, Humphrey, the running back who's blazing fast, Juan Manaya, the offensive lineman who's just gigantic, and Dylan Day, who everyone raves about, the defensive back out of Baton Rouge. I don't even know how this guy's only a three-star. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about a lot of these four- and five-star players, John, in general, don't they tend to draw out their decisions a little bit longer? Because I kind of set the benchmark in summer to land a lot. Like, we talked about a handful of five-stars. I don't expect too many of the five stars to commit in April. I wait till June and July for these guys. 100%. Uh, totally. Outside of quarterbacks, I think they're yeah. their own market. Every other blue chipper is more inclined to make a decision late summer or or even during the season or the end of the season. All the way to December, we're hearing from you know some of the Josiah Traders and Charles Lester's of the world, some of the, the, the big-time recruits in the state of Florida, which is typical for most cycles. So, yeah, this time of year, it's about – bulking up that recruiting class, right? And taking a chance in some cases on some guys who are on that ascent, like an Isaiah Thomas, who, who we talked about earlier. And let's also remind folks that it's April. Um, from a recruiting analyst perspective, just two months ago, we were wrapping up the class of 23. So now the camps and combines are going for the 24 cycle. And now the most important part of the offseason is about to hit spring football. That spring evaluation period opens up for college coaches, but it opens up for the evaluators as well. As spring football gets going in the South, see these guys with full gear competing at a higher level outside of the, you know, seven on seven, you know, dry fit, you know, tights uh, scenario where it's a little bit more football late. And then obviously you have the season itself where a lot of these guys will will up or, or down their stock inevitably when, when the pads come on for, for their senior season, which is so important from an evaluation standpoint. So, yeah, it, it's incredibly early. But we're, we're not anywhere near where this thing's going to be from a, a ranking and rating standpoint, just as an industry. So it's a little early to, I guess, worry about it too much. Uh, but find good traits in, in these verbal commitments like Judd Anderson's size, athletic profile, arm strength. Focus on those things. And if there are some weaknesses, allow time to help bridge some of those gaps. Because inevitably, over the next 8 to 12 months, some of those questions will get answered. And, and those rankings will also be adjusted. Yeah, there, there's another five star I want to ask you about um, because a, a couple of days ago he tweeted something so complimentary about Miami. Some people thought he was committing because I remember like a couple people DM me. You're like, wait, did, did we just get Colin Simmons? No, he didn't. He didn't commit to Miami, but he he tweeted something just really kind of over the top about Miami a couple nights ago that got people wondering what was going on. So Colin Simmons is a five star edge rusher out of Duncanville, Texas. You know, so I I don't think Miami's necessarily the favorite right now, but the fact that he's tweeting nice things tells me Miami's probably in the mix. Uh, where did things stand with his recruitment? Yeah, that's a good setup by you, Dono, because he's another one that isn't anywhere close to a decision and is yeah. still navigating the early stages of the process. Now, that said, there are some schools that are going to be in it till the end, right? LSU, Texas. Uh, I think there's, there's several contenders for him. But, yeah, he's making visits to see what that – rest of that group is is going to look like. And Miami is one that got him on campus. And you're kind of like, all of a sudden, we'll see if the Canes can have a puncher's chance and just stay in the game. That's really the only 
responsibility for the Canes in this pursuit. Just stay in the hunt right now while Texas, LSU, uh, Florida, maybe some other schools feel better today. Just stay in that mix and allow some time to go on here before you start to really push for official visits and, and things like that. So yeah, I think Miami's been sneaky in this recruitment because nobody's talking about the Canes outright here just yet. Uh, but again, go to last cycle and there were several prospects that ended up signing with Miami that this time of year we weren't really talking about. You know, So I do think uh, that's something to keep an eye on with Simmons. And there's certain positions and we saw a great pass rusher haul from the Canes last cycle. There are certain positions where you just feel a little bit better about Miami's chances of, of landing an elite recruit. And I think a pass rusher is, is one of them, even if it's the best pass rusher in America, like Simmons might be 22 plus sacks last year in a state championship run at a big time school in Texas. Um, that's a, a long year long signing day kind of battle. So I think that is a perfect scenario for Miami to present with having a puncher's chance right now and kind of go from there and, and continue to hang around and, and close the gap with, with the LSUs and, and the Texases of the world um, mainly. Great stuff by John, as always. Quick uh, shout-outs to a couple of new five-star reviews that we got on Apple Podcasts. I mentioned the other day that I, I got a one-star review from a Florida State fan who brought my average down from 5.0 to a 4.9. How about this from Cap'n – wait, wait, where, where was this? There, there was another one. Here, okay. This was from uh, Rocky12345 who says, Hey, Dono, I'm a Florida State fan. I heard you say an FSU fan gave you a one star, so I'm making up for it and giving you a five star review. Been a fan since back in the old 560 days. Thank you so much. So how about that? Florida State fan canceling out another Florida State fan. A good apple canceling out the bad apple. We get a review from Mike JP 1987 who says, "Let's go." Uh, from Cap and Cristo, he says, "Very informative show." So thank you guys. Uh, if you give us a five star review, we'll shout you out on the show. And I give five-star reviews to John Garcia every single week. John, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for the time. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team 